got to give all the glory to my team, my teammates. They're the best in the world. And I got to give all the glory to God. Like, I couldn't do this without them. He gave me this foot, gave me this ability. But it's that team right there that's special, and they give me everything. With you, I, I was kind of hoping they were going to play for the field goal, and uh, we thought we had a good block in during practice, and uh, just lay it all on the table there. And then our guys said they were going to block it. So, you guys, what do you guys say to Logan? You know, that's, or do you not say anything? It, we don't, you don't talk to kickers. You know, you know it was. Uh, I don't even think he realized it called timeout. He's still standing out there fixing his teeth. So. But uh, you know, we do it at practice and just uh, he's an, everything's an extra point. Just go for it. And uh, you know, hey, he missed the field goal earlier and he came back to make that clutch kick. I mean, you know, I'm happy for the kid. He's a sophomore and uh, you know, that's that's. A, he's won a couple games for us for field goals you know, by the margin of victory. So he's done a great job for us. Just an insane rivalry game. Both teams came, played as hard as they can, button heads. I mean. Score. It was an insane game. What can I say? Hello, everybody, and welcome once again to the Meat Grinder, your weekly dose of high school football in Connecticut. And I'm your host, Sean Patrick Bowley. What's up? And with me is Pete Baguaga and Jeff Jacobs. At the top of the show, you heard a little bit from the wild best game of the quarterfinals. St. Joseph defeating Hand 21-20 on Logan Spalestra's extra point kick in overtime. Just a great game. You heard a little bit from the man himself, Logan Spalestra. You heard a little bit from Coach Joe Del Vecchia. We don't talk to kickers, but giving him a bear hug afterward. And then you heard a little bit from senior Maxwell Warren, who uh, scored a touchdown and helped uh, St. Joseph secure that victory and march on in the Class L tournament. So welcome to a meat grinder game time CT staff picks show. We're going to talk a little bit about the quarterfinals first, and then we're going to get on to the game time CT picks after that. It's been a few days, so let's quickly run down who did what in the state quarterfinals on Tuesday night, starting in class S number one, Bloomfield made short work of number eight, Morgan 50 to 18. Number five, New Fairfield defeated Holy Cross, the number four seed, 41 to seven. So they'll face Bloomfield in the semifinals. In the bottom half of the bracket, Ansonia defeated Seymour 35 14 in the 3 6 game. The Chargers advanced to face Cromwell Portland, which hung on to defeat Notre Dame Fairfield, the seven seed, 29 to 20. So it'll be Cromwell Portland versus Ansonia in the other semifinal in Class S. In Class M, number one, Killingly defeated number eight, Gilbert Northwestern, who's a tonic, 49-14. Again, the 5-4 game, the number five seed wins. Brantford defeating Avon 7-6 this time, a lot closer. In the bottom half of the bracket, number seven, Ellington falls to Rockville again. Number two, Rockville defeating them 27-0 this time. And in the other game, number six, Torrington, Defeated number three seed, Granby Canton, 37-29. The Raiders winning their first playoff game in school history. In Class L, we have in the 1-8 game, a classic. St. Joseph defeating Hand 21-20 in overtime with Logan Spalestra's extra point kick in OT. Windsor defeating Cheney Tech, the Tech school, the 5-4 game. Windsor defeating Cheney Tech 62 to nothing. In that game with Cromartie throwing six touchdown passes. 
In the bottom half of the bracket, number seven, Masik defeating number two, Nogatuck, 20 to 17 to advance the semifinals. And finally, number three, Maloney beating up Bristol Central, Victor Rosa and Bristol Central, 49-14. And finally, in class double L, Fairfield Prep defeating number eight, Greenwich, 21-14 in a slugfest. Number five, Shelton defeating number four, Hall in the other game, 42-28. to They'll meet Fairfield Prep for the second time this season in the semifinals. In the bottom half of the bracket, number two, New Canaan defeating number seven, Southington, 38-14. And number three, Darianne defeating number six, Hamden, 46-19 to set up a rematch of their Thanksgiving Day game in the semifinals. These semifinals will all be played at 12.30 on Sunday, with the exception of St. Joseph versus Windsor. That game will be played at noon. Gentlemen, how you doing today? And, uh... Uh, you know, I, I thought the quarterfinals we just got through were very interesting. Weren't as many bloods as you thought. Some intriguing results, but a lot of uh, not a ton of surprises. I, I think that was uh, what I took from this. Uh, just your your general thoughts. You guys were at Fairfield Prep versus Greenwich. You know, hard fought game there. Really tough game. Kind of turned on, you know, on what happened to Greenwich's quarterback. Uh, Jeff wrote a little bit about that. And, uh, you know, and then I was at hand and uh Hand in St. Joseph and, you know, you know, that as always, that game is just was just great. two great programs playing in a, a unfortunately in a first round game. It was championship caliber hand showed up. Give them a lot of credit for getting into the playoffs, which we, we you know, was thankfully because of the playoff points, but also they, they showed up. But your guys, you know, overall thoughts on the uh, on the, the state uh, tournament to date going into the semifinals. Let's start with you, Jeff. Yeah, well, the game that, that you said we were at, uh, Fairfield Prep in Greenwich, it, it absolutely turned on one play. Uh, uh, Jack Wilson had run for a uh, first down, 11-yard pickup, and with the penalty was down to the 26. They they were right on the cusp of blowing open a 14-point lead in the second half, uh, an injury, and then the wheels just completely fell off. Snaps, fumbles. Three fumbles in seven minutes that were lost. It was just a. It was the worst possible nightmare uh, that could have happened for Greenwich. And uh, I picked Greenwich, and I'm very, I'm very satisfied that if he hadn't been hurt, that Greenwich definitely would have won. Um, but you know, I'll give Fairfield credit. They, they uh, Fairfield Prep credit. They came. They made the plays when they had to, and uh, they came out of there. They squeaked it out. Uh, as far as the rest of them, you know. Totally embarrassed by the CIC having the Windsor Cheney Tech game. I think we've talked enough about that over the over the year. But it, we we said it was an embarrassment, and it was an embarrassment. And uh, how they how the CIC can actually look at that score and just not be ashamed is beyond me. Beyond me. Uh, it's nothing new. No, no, it's not. But it's just which, I'm just which makes it worse. I think. It may, yeah, we, it's like we all agree with it, but you can't shame them into. Uh, I, I'm looking for the magic word that we can say that <laughs> that will change it, but we haven't found it, you know. But beyond that, lots of good games. I think you thought that uh, St. Joe's was going to win a little more handily than they did, oh, and uh, that's. It. And I'm really happy about that. I do praise the, the point system because it got two schools. Greenwich and Hannah deserved to be in the playoffs and who played their butts off against the number one seed. Uh, other Pete. than that, go take it away, Pete. 
Um, <laughs> just to jump on the Cheney Tech Windsor game quickly, <clears throat> as everyone knows, I'm extremely well read. Um, and uh, this quote came to, to mind um, doing the same thing over and over again and expecting a different result. That's what the CIAC does with allowing tech schools in the playoffs. And that, my friends, is the definition of insanity. In what world did we think that it would be different? Did Sinland say that or was that Albert Einstein did? Oh, I don't know. Did Albert Are you Einstein not as well read as I am, Sean? Is that a meme? You got that from a meme? No, it's actually a quote accredited. <laughs> I don't know who that's Albert really Einstein. Yeah, all right, we'll have to check says out. the Internet in front of me. Either way, the fact that they were able to parade both those teams out there, charge five dollars a ticket or ten dollars a ticket and just sit there and be like, yeah, this is this is going great. It's like it's like the dog. You want a meme? It's like the dog sitting in the house where it's on fire and it says this is fine. I mean, that that's exactly what that game was. And, uh, you know, Mike tomorrow over at the New London Day or the Day of New London, uh, he brought up a good point that I think a lot of people overlook with this is that Windsor was able to take their players out in the third quarter. Yeah. And they have a short week. This is a sprint. And now they got an extra, you know, half a day of rest while St. Joe's in hand were battling it out in what I called on this show earlier in the week. And I said that this is a state championship game in the first round. Mm-hmm. And I think Sean Bowley scoffed at me and said, ha, 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 yeah. no way. But I thought they had a battle. Gonna, you're gonna, Sean, you're going to have to wear that a little bit. Pete said that. And I said that I had handwritten down at the last second. I changed it to say Joe's. We, we smelled that one as a great game. Yeah, and, but, and, oh, and, I'll, and you were and you were privileged to be there covering it. Yeah, I was but lucky to it, be there. It, it just it just kind of sucks. And like, uh, you know, it is what it is. But back you know, prep Greenwich, it did come down to that one play. It's a shame. Uh, but, you know, to Fairfield Prep's credit, they still had to score, um, which they hadn't been doing against Greenwich's defense. Uh, they had to, uh, you know, make stops. Even late when, you know, uh, Greenwich was down, they were moving the ball, and Prep's defense stepped up. Um, that was another great game. I mean, you could have, you know, made the argument that Greenwich really wasn't the eighth seed in double L. Uh, I mean, yes, I got in by the schedule points and, and all that, and it was great to see them in, but they weren't the eighth best team in double L. They were higher than that. But um, great across the board. I mean, Cromwell, Portland, Notre Dame, Fairfield slugging it out uh, was great to see for – that was great to see for Notre Dame. Uh, Massac Naugatuck was another close one. Um, and Brantford Avon, you know, we had Johnny Lamone on this show. I'm sure he was thrilled to get out of Avon and never go back there. Um, cause if I was him, I wouldn't want to after those two games in uh, Torrington, Torrington, getting the win over Granby in a really good back and forth game. Torrington was missing. I think they only got, they only brought 24 players because of COVID. Um, and then even Bloomfield was out there starting quarterback, uh, and a couple of starters against Morgan, but that didn't seem to bother them. I mean, Dallas Rose and, and, and Cornelius Patrick still played, but you know, we're seeing this COVID you know, uh, the protocols still affect teams. Yeah, but it's it's affecting teams now when we got into the playoffs because it really it was it was big influence at the beginning of the season, right? A lot of teams didn't play. You know, a couple teams didn't play their first weeks. There were games moved, uh, but then it kind of all went quiet. You know, for a couple of weeks, not entirely. But now we're seeing it because it definitely affected teams towards the end of the year. We just didn't hear about. It. They were right. games that weren't covered by us or other media outlets 100%. or. It was a player that 
maybe wasn't noticed. I mean, look, when we do our jobs, you know, we focus on the box score, right? Who threw the touchdown, who caught the touchdown, who rushed the touchdown, who made the interception, who had the sack, who picked up the fumble and scored, right? Who kicked the field goal? If the team's missing an offensive lineman, nobody tells us unless it's, you know, an all world lot. Like if Ned Brady is not playing for Notre Dame, that uh, for New Canaan, that's when you're like, where the heck's Ned Brady? But if you're going only to you cover it, seen, yeah, only if you cover it. But if you go to a team that you haven't seen yet this year, you don't know who their left guard is. And if he's not playing in the game, no one's telling you that. Right. But now that we're on the playoff stage and every game is covered, a lot of it is more you know, honed in and we're starting to notice things that we didn't notice the last couple of weeks. Um, so I think that's something very interesting to look towards going forward because we might get a really good team in the finals here and they might not be able to bring half their team, you know, knock on wood, but it's a possibility. You can't ignore that. That's something that could happen. If I can interrupt there one second, I'll uh, piggyback on that point, Pete. Uh, the players that were not, uh, were not vaccinated are the ones who get knocked out more quickly because of, uh, you know, the automatic rules there. So uh, that that's interesting that potentially a state playoff game could, could be, uh, could be altered because a kid did not get his vaccination. Yep. True. That's yeah, that's <laughs> don't get me started on that. That's <laughs> inexcusable in my mind, but you know, someone, I just got my booster yesterday and knocked me out, but uh you know, that's that's trouble. Uh, if that happened, you know, you notice that it, it's going to you're not going to hear much about it in the upper levels, too. That's the other thing, too. You're going to like it's not a shock. You're from schools. They didn't have as many kids because now it's like, wow, we only have 25 kids left. You know, playing. Right. So yeah, that's another factor. You're hearing this. one. I don't know. I don't know how much this has to do with like, you know, the winter, you know, the onset of winter. It's getting colder, you know, and that's becoming more compounded. I don't really know. It just hopefully cross your fingers. We got a week left. We can survive this without any more incidents here. Uh, I, I think that's so, uh, you know, like I said, in my my game, uh, you know, what can you say about, uh, you know, St. Joseph, 10 straight victories uh, in the state playoffs, going back to the state championship game in 2016, which is ridiculous when you think about it. Yeah, we didn't have a, a season last year, but I don't know if they I, I mean, I think if you listen to Joe Dalvecchia, they they probably would have won it all last year in M. And I have no doubt about that. So, you know, it could be even more, but 10 straight playoff victories. I mean, that's Ansonia-esque. And, you know, of course, St. Joe is right with Ansonia as far as state championships go. But, you know, they were in trouble. Hand came out, fired up. I was really impressed with the way Eric had this team. It's a much different team down the stretch. Patch Flanagan played great. You know, I don't. I think both defenses played uh, exceptionally well. And it was kind of the, the offensive. When a team made an offensive play, it was like a standout thing. It didn't happen much. It wasn't a big thing. So. Both defenses really shine in that game. Uh, I thought Tyler DeSilva played well. I thought, uh, you know, a, a lot of those those guys play well, uh, you know, but but hand really forced the issue. And uh, I thought they were really good. They, you know, they did not want their season. End, and that's nothing you know, short of, uh, you know, uh, miraculous how they were able to pull that thing together. And like I said, you know, I, I, they would take their shot. They would take their shot as an eighth seed versus St. Joe. And uh, I thought they played exceptionally well. You, you got to a point there. 14-7, St. Joseph facing fourth and, and short, deep in their own end. And you're like, with seven or eight minutes left, you're like, oh, boy. Uh, you know, they're going to have to punt it back. Hands going to roll some clock up. How many more chances do they have? Well, you know, Morrissey threw a fourth down conversion and got them right. And all of a sudden sparked them, got them right back down the field, 14-14. 
The ending, though, is just if your hand is heartbreaking because two block kicks back to back. You know, I don't even you know, it's hard. It's hard to have a high school game end or your season or your yeah, your season, your careers end because of extra points or a missed field goal. Well, this wasn't even the case. This was St. Joseph forcing the issue. I went back and looked at it. They blocked. They actually had a block all set up. They saw something in film and they were able to block. You know, once you're like, oh, yeah, they got lucky. But twice in the span of five minutes, um, first, the, the 20 yard field goal attempt with, you know, 40 seconds left. And then the uh, extra point in overtime, they were able to escape that one. But, you know, it was if you're St. Joseph, you kind of breathe a sigh of relief and just like hope nobody you know comes back and uh, you know bites us that way. Uh, going forward. I don't know who else in class L. I mean, Windsor, is this going to be, they already played this game 45, 22, the last time out that was, that was back in uh, September. So who knows, you know, what Brent Windsor brings this time, but uh, Massig and Maloney on the other side, I, you know, I don't know, but St. Joe, you know, if I'm so Delvecchi, I'm a little worried there, but it could be just hand. I don't know. That, that could be Let me hand. ask you, what'd you guys think of the hit that, Del- uh, that uh, Wilson took? I thought it was, I thought it was, I thought it was, you know, I don't think he, he did it intentionally. You know, I think he was diving in there. I, I, you know, I could see in the heat of it. But, you know, when you look at it again, I don't I don't you know, I mean, I don't think you know, I don't think any kids out there really hurt anybody. So, I mean, I look, quickly watching it on the sideline. You kind of everyone kind of held their breath because, you know, Jack was down. Um, then looking at the video that I took, uh, it looked like shoulder you know, clipped kind of the side of his head. It wasn't helmet to helmet. I say that with the utmost confidence. And then seeing the photos that uh, our photographer took at the game, it doesn't even look like his shoulder. I think, and a couple of people said this to me as well, is he, obviously he got hit, but his head hit the turf. And that, I mean, on a cold night, turf doesn't give. I mean, neither does the ground, (laughs) you know, neither does dirt. Um, But it was really cold on Tuesday. And, uh, you know, the head hitting, I think, um, was probably the big part. Um, But, you know, you just hate to see a game flip on a switch like that on one play. You know, if it's a pick six or, you know, something that the team does, you're like, oh, cool. That was part of the game. But to to have it be on an injury, uh, you know, I kind of felt really bad for Greenwich because Greenwich, like hand, you know, they got in at seven and three had their bumps all year, you know, they're up and down roller coaster type season. And, uh, you know, you hate to see it end like that. You do the same thing with hand. You hate to see it end on two block kicks, you know, hand clawed their way to get to the playoffs, had a chance to win and didn't. And, you know, Greenwich clawed their ways to the playoffs, played a really tough schedule, was in control of the game and the game flipped because of an injury. And, and that just sucks. You know, I, I watched it so many times, and there was another ang- uh, video from the other side besides yours, Pete, that I saw after I wrote, and I saw all the photos. And, you know, sometimes slow motion, regular time, and all those can be can confuse things. There's no doubt that he had begun his slide, in my mind anyway, uh, in, in a part portion of a second before he launched himself. So there was when his legs and his butt were on the ground, he had not made contact with him yet. Um, I saw what you saw, Pete, no helmet to helmet, not even positive. 
on first uh, uh, contact, there was anything but a grazing of the shoulder, the helmet. And then as he hit him and he hit him hard into the ground, there's probably an element of whiplash and hitting his head into it. And Wilson rolled over completely on it. You know, he, so he ro- he got hit, rolled over, and then he was up. And it was very scary as his arms were straight up. You know, when you see a guy get knocked out, often he goes stiff for a little bit. And that's what happened. And um, so, yeah, I, I do not for a second believe it was malicious. Not for a second. Uh, only... Only a tackler can know in that instance, and it's a split second, if he could have let up a little bit. You could argue no. Only he knows that because he did hit him hard. He yeah. didn't let up. And he was caught, he was caught size, you know, squaring up and to make the tackle clean when it happened. It was, you know, it, it, my general feeling, it was unfortunate that he, that he, it, it, it turned out to be a late slide as he was going to tackle him. So, you know, I'm not convicting, this is not a court of law, uh, the tackle in any way, but only he knows if he could have let up even a little bit at the end. Only he knows. That. I think an important thing to, to remember here is that this is a violent game. You know, it's, it's, it just is. And in real time, a lot of the times, these things tend to get a lot more reaction than if you look at it 100 times over afterwards. Right. Just, you know, it, you could look at it and be like, uh, you know, last a couple of years ago, if I remember, Fairfield Prep actually had a it was versus Newtown. And they got this digger kid got violently. I think it was Max McGillicuddy got violently hit by a Newtown player and he spun around like a top and everyone screaming bloody murder. Like, where's the penalty? They didn't get any penalty. And uh, you know, looked at it. He only got hit on the shoulder. It was not. It was a shoulder hit. It was very clean. It was just violent. And everybody was like first reaction was so he didn't get hurt, but he was, you know, he was down. Uh, but uh, yeah, everyone's reaction was like, this guy's got to go. You know, it's like it's just there's tends to be sometimes an overreaction. Was this one really close? Yeah, it was really close. Um, but uh, you know, you're I mean, right. You're, you're right, Sean. It, I, you'd have to mark it under the foot. This is football, and football is a violent game. Uh, I think the reaction part of it, and it's human, is that your mind automatically processes that the kid was giving himself up and he got hit. You know what I mean? Uh, uh, that, that's that's what that's what kind of like uh, I don't want to say clouds, but it factors into people's judgment in that. But yeah, it was it was uh, it was unfortunate. It was scary. Uh, that that's what. Uh, 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 my first thought when it would happen, I was, oh, he was giving himself up. And then all of a sudden he was down there. I didn't have a wa- watch. How, how long would you say he was down there, Pete? At least five minutes, right? Um, Yeah, but he was moving, which was yeah. good. He, his arms yeah. were moving and, and stuff like that. Um, So that was good. And then, you know, I, I was on the Greenwich sideline. And when he walked off, he was walking up and down the sideline. And I was like, oh, thank God. Yeah, when I, I interviewed him after the game, he wasn't uh, – he wasn't uh, in the best shape. Yeah. Although I would say his quarter, his backup quarterback, who who struggled so much, uh, he was in, he was in uh, his heart was hurting. I really felt for that kid after the fumbles and things like that. Really felt for him. It's hard. It's hard to, you know, he wasn't the starter all year. Um, you know, to get thrown in against a defense, a really good defense in Fairfield Prep's defense, and they went right after him. I mean, they didn't. It's like when uh, you know you watch. 
the NFL or college football. And whenever like the starting corner goes out, like the TV station, like picks up, Oh, here, here's the new guy in and the, and the announcer, the play-by-play person is like, they're going to take a shot at him right now. And what they do first play, they throw it right at the guy, right off the bench. Um, and usually it works, you know, and, uh, you know, he just came in against a really good defense. And But, look, they're both juniors. They'll both be back next year. Um, and, I, you know, it's Greenwich, so I expect him to be in uh, playing in the playoffs again next year. Yeah, I thought they were, you know, they had a decent season. Um, you know, three losses, that's that was tough. But, obviously, uh, you know, strength of schedule it was, a, was a factor in this stuff. So, uh, but, I mean, I, you know, as far as everyone else goes, uh, is concerned, you know, Fairfield Prep versus Shelton, the, the rematch. Of that game, uh, now Shelton's on the other side, but they got to get Fairfield Prep back, and the circle you know, continues. Uh, St. Joe's, I, I think, uh, not St. Joe's. Uh, Shelton. How did your How did your Hamden rant go over it? It it, it held oh, strong. It didn't really help him. Uh, <laughs> I hey, listen, you know, Hamden, those kids were good. Winder and uh, Duma were good, and they 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 had a great thing. I think uh, I forget the, the people in town were fired up. They're like, "Hey, Hamlet's got a great football team," and it helped in that regard. And um, you know, but Darian is Darian, man, and uh, you know, our, our your guy, Ty uh, Comiskey, just <laughs> bowling. Yeah. It, was, it was a it was a first, it was a strike right down the lane, bang. Uh, he just n- n- rolled them over. And now we get New Canaan, Darian, too. New Canaan with a pretty thorough victory there over, over Southington. So two rematches in the class double L uh, in the class double L semifinals. Not uh, usually you want, uh, you don't want this type of two league. I wish it was kind of reversed, but Hey, what are you going to do? Either way, uh, there was going to be some sort of a, a rematch uh, in this class double L once the field came out, you know, and in L with St. Joseph and Windsor, Massick versus Maloney. Massick, I, you know, I, I showed a few people that score. They thought Massick was going to beat Naugatuck up a little bit more than that. Kind of similar to Saint, my thoughts about St. Joe overhand. Yeah. But, uh, you know, uh, I thought Naugatuck showed up. You know, that stinks that they're out as a two seed. But uh, Naugatuck certainly showed up, and it was not easy for Massick by any stretch. In the no, I got I had Massick winning easier than I did. So I already apologized to Naugatuck once. So I don't feel I have to apologize to him no. again. But but but, th- but that was closer. I will say this about uh, about the Hamden though. I felt a little little I don't know a little squeamish pointing out in print that they were probably the twelfth best team in, in in Class Double L. But I felt better after I went to Max Prep's rating and they had them fourteenth in the Class yeah. Double L. So so maybe I overrated Hamden at twelve. <laughs> no, listen, they were Hamden was a product of their schedule, hundred yeah. percent. You know, like I said, they there was one game they won all year that you were like, okay, that's a solid win. That was West Haven in overtime. Great, good defensive struggle. Um, they beat up Sheehan, which is a class S school in, uh, you know, they just completely ha- had more guys than them. Um, and then the, the other one was, uh, what was it? Uh, oh, I mean, Pinnell beat them in overtime at their place. And then, uh, you know, in Notre Dame at the end of the year, Notre Dame was basically a shell. So listen, a good, you, you know, Pat Hinton on the back. I mean, at least they, they didn't get completely obliterated. I mean, they did, but they also, they, you know, I don't know. I, it's hard to, hard yeah, to kind I of put a point before, before, before we get to our picks, I just want to point. I, I just because we do get. A, I struggled this not not the past week. Although we uh, this, I'm talking about coming into this thing. Uh, there's some lurkers out there. New Fairfield, Massick, and either Torrington, Rockville. Just some lurkers. 
some lurkers out there. You know what I mean? That 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 especially massacre in New Fairfield that could potentially do more damage than than uh, than uh, you know than we thought. Yeah, maybe in New Fairfield we got we gave some love to, but like I'm nervous. I was, I was I'm nervous. I think I think there's going to be some some real action this coming Sunday on some some things that we weren't weren't expecting. I was shocked New Fairfield was able to handle Holy Cross the way it did. I mean, that's what I expected out of Massac. Not so much New Fairfield, but New Fairfield. So that's the thing about like Pete brought brings it up all the time. You know, maybe this has something to do with hand too. Uh, these teams that play these rough schedules, you know, hint, hint, wink, wink, Hamden. If they play these rough schedules and they get in, they're legit. Like New Fairfield, legit. They took Newtown to the wire. They were right in there with Matt. They had a 28 point lead over Mass. So they're legit. Like I, you know, Bloomfield, you know, they better get their guys back because New Fairfield, they got, they got some players. And uh, I was also very intrigued by Notre Dame Fairfield showing up, you know, and, and I think uh, Randall Bennett was even like, yeah, they, uh, they say they only have 25 something players, but uh, they showed it. They, all those kids, Georgia Mail says it. They're all good. All 25 players they have are good. And uh, Notre Dame Fairfield, you know, keep an eye on them. Uh, that was a great job. We did not talk about them nearly enough uh, this year. Uh, but John Johnson deserves a heck of a lot of credit. You know, again, they only said they only had that many guys, but to show up against two platoon Cromwell Portland, Notre Dame Fairfield took them, almost took the limit there. 29, 20, very fascinating. Yeah, I'm very curious about what Antonio Cromwell Portland does here. So, uh, I mean, the only other one was M uh, Rockville, <laughs> Rockville. Good. Uh, they took care of business through 83 bowl part two and Torrington. I don't think anyone was too shocked by Torrington 37, 29 over Granby Canton. Um, and then of course, Killingly and Brantford in the, uh, on, the on that other side, Killingly, uh, you know, Chad Neal was not happy with his team's performance. They beat him up 49, 14. So, <laughs> Pete, Pete, did you check in with the Knickerbocker Takis uh, uh, friendship? How they uh, after two after two tilts, they still they still going strong. I, I haven't checked in, but I would imagine so. Yes. <laughs> so, gentlemen, I think it's time to make some picks here. I think uh, you know, I think the, the, the best teams are all playing I, for the most part. I, I think, and uh, let's let me just turn it over to you, Pete, and uh, let's get this thing started. Well, just quickly, welcome back, everybody, to the picks. Um, just shout out to me as the only staffer to go 16-0, and put up a clean sheet. Honestly, I mean, Mike went 10-0 at one point this year, only picking nine games. I think my 16-0 and is wildly more impressive. Uh, I don't gloat, but I kick total butt. Uh, but I only jumped up to number six in the standings. So I don't think I got a, a shot br- here. It was a brilliant performance, Pete. And uh, in the back, Sean, 100% now. Uh, we got to make sure you're not picking last. Uh, in, uh, <laughs> in, 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 you're going to have to pick first a few times, right, Sean? Uh, just oh, to make, sure, make sure he's not piggybacking off our yeah. brilliance. I, I was I was right there. I just decided to take a, shot one. With, uh, I would take a shot with Ellington. Yeah, yeah, everyone, everyone did well. Everyone 15 no, and 1, 14 everybody. and 2s, th- a couple of 13 not and 3s. Everybody. Um, the eight ball, not well. Um, but 
I, yep. I don't know. I don't know. I don't think I have a, <laughs> I mean, I have a shot here. <laughs> well, let's see. My, per- my perfection was knocked off by the injury to Greenwich. I, I maintain. <laughs> I'm going to my grave on that one. That uh, yeah. Well, we got we got another shot. We got eight games on the docket this time. We're going to start in Class S again and work our way up to Double L. So we're going to start with our first matchup in Class S. We have number five, New Fairfield, traveling up to Phil Rubin Stadium to play the number one Warhawks from Bloomfield. Um, Bloomfield, dominating performance against Morgan, like we said. They were out a lot of starters. Uh, still didn't matter. Took care of Morgan. Uh, New Fairfield dominated Holy Cross, and it wasn't Jason Caswell this time. It was Jason. It was Justin McCormick, the quarterback, rusher 181 and two scores. Look, I was all on the New Fairfield bandwagon two years ago when they got into, uh, I believe it was M, and I was like, they've played such a hard schedule, this and this, blah blah blah. They lost in the first round. Yeah, that was right. killing me though, right? Yeah, that's but, that's one thing. Yeah. Yes, I picked New Fairfield in that game. I was pretty confident. Boy, was I wrong. But New Fairfield's here with the chance to go to the finals for the first time since, I believe, 2015 when they lost to Brookfield at Ken Strong. Uh, that was a great team with our boys. Great game. If those were our boys on the New Fairfield. Yeah, right? that, was a, that was a fun team to cover. Yeah, yeah uh, they were great. Uh, Anthony Fada's got the boys back. And Bloomfield, OG Ballhawk. OG Ballhawk, that was it. And uh, Bloomfield is going to look, looking to go to the championship for the third straight season. They won in 2018. Uh, they're looking for their 10th overall title. Uh, Jeff, we'll let you go first. Who do you got in this one? I'm prepared to go three and five this week. Okay. I'm serious. I am prepared to go three and five in, with decent picks. Okay. I'm, I'm telling you right now. I'm taking Bloomfield. And what I consider the Class S championship game, and uh, now I could, if these kids are not back from COVID, I could, uh, I could regret this pick, but I'm going to go with Bloomfield on a little bit more speed and athleticism when they need points. But I'm telling you right now, New, New Fairfield comes out and plays the game. New Fairfield could win this game by 14 points. I'm taking Bloomfield, so I'm telling you. I, I'm trying to be honest here when I when I when I, when I give the route picks and whatever because there's no obviously there's no line on these games, uh, uh, this but I'll go with Bloomfield by a hair and not at all even remotely sure about it. John, yeah, <laughs> um, yeah, I really want to pick New Fairfield too, but I don't, you know, I just feel it, man, I'm sitting there going, oh man. 41 nothing what the hell you know but uh i don't i think they're gonna show up i'm still picking bloomfield you know bloomfield beating morgan up uh with guys out uh, that's impressive uh it's hard for, they've just been great all year it's hard for me to pick against so i'm gonna go with Oklahoma. uh i am gonna go with bloomfield as well yes they were without a couple of several a couple of starters including their quarterback foster but dallas rose and canellis patrick Still play. I said they were the guys to watch going into the, the game against Morgan. They combined for five touchdowns. If they're still playing, Bloomfield's still dangerous. I confidently select Bloomfield in this game. Ooh. No faith. No, he has no faith in this time, New Fairfield. You hear that? <laughs> Those bright orange uniforms yeah. that Bloomfield wears in, in December, they warm me up when I'm at 
state games. That's cold December. Those Bloomfield uniforms do more to warm me up than anything. I love those orange shirts. Go orange. All right, we're going to go over to the other semifinal in Class S. We have number three, Ansonia traveling to Pearson Park to play the number two Cromwell Portland Panthers. Uh, Ansonia took care of Seymour for the second time this season in the quarters. Cromwell Portland played in a really, really close game against Notre Dame Fairfield, beating them by nine. Quickly, um, when I was putting together the capsules, I found out a lot of information about, not that I didn't know this, but actual numbers regarding Ansonia and their success in the playoffs. Antonio's played in the semifinals 25 of the past 24 out of the past 25 years, wow. um, which is wild. Yes, even though when there wasn't quarterfinals, Antonio still was a top four seed to qualify to go to the semifinals, which I thought was insane. And Tom Brockett, the head coach of Antonio, has only coached, has led his team to the semifinals every year. Um, and he's only lost in the semifinals three times, though two of them have come in the last two seasons in 2018 and 2019. Brockett is 27 and 8 in playoff games, which I think is absurd. Uh, then you got Cromwell Portland's here um, under Randall Bennett. Uh, this is what he expected. We, we've said this numerous times. He was very confident about his team. They're making him look good. Um, you know, Sean's boy, Teddy Ballgame, um, Ball Owen Brunk. <laughs> I mean, and, you know, Alan Cohen had three field goals for Cromwell Portland. In that semifinal, they won by nine. That's you could do math at home. Three right times there. three is nine. Um, you know, Darrell McKnight, four more touchdowns for Ansonia in the quarterfinals. Uh, David Cassetti played well. This is this I think is a closer game than the first semifinal. Um, but I'm going to go first on this, and since Jeff said I, I have to go first more, um, I'm going with. Why oh, Sean said that? I was just <laughs> I, was, I was just agreeing. <laughs> Well, I'm going to go with Hanson. I am I am very confident in the Chargers to get back to the finals here uh, to play Bloomfield. Look, the two years that Ansonia lost in the playoffs, in 18 was to the Bloomfield team that won the state championship, and in 19 was to the Sheen team that won the state championship. So they're not losing early, and they're losing to the teams that win championships. Uh, Jeff, you're up. I'm going to go... This is another one that, I, like I said, three and five. So this is like, I could be only two after this one. And yeah, maybe even two and six. I'm telling you, I'm not sure on anything this week. I'm going to stick with the same philosophy that I picked Bloomfield with. Uh, an athlete or two that is explosive on offense that will get them points when they need it. And therefore, I'm going to go with Ansonia. Man, I don't know why, but but I just I told you why. I just think that like it gets in these games and they're tight and there's not a lot of scoring. And my and my my experience is that one of these kids that are just really athletic and fast breaks a long run, and then it's in the cold and kids throw and they're not successful. So it's like these 67 yard or 53 yard runs in when a six to seven, six to six or nothing, nothing, something like that. And that's why I like Bloomfield and Sonia on those type of plays to win these games. McKnight, good night. I'm going to go with Cromwell Portland. Last All right. Change here. Everyone's going the other way. I'm going to go with Cromwell Portland. Because you know what? The thing about Ansonia is what gets Ansonia that makes them so scary in the NVL is their defense. Nobody understands that, uh, you know, more than the teams that play them. 
the defense is what makes San Antonio go. They do a lot of things that really frustrate teams. Uh, they have lots of blitz packages and lots of tenacious defense. And they hit guys. That is where Antonio really, you know, not these, you know, uh, having a guy like, you know, Alex Thomas or Arkel Newsom is obviously the, the thing that makes them, you know, you stop, you get a big defensive stop and then you punch them back the other way. That's what made those teams dangerous. McKnight is good, but Antonio's defense worries me a lot. And I think it got a little bit exposed against Nogatuck. Uh, Cromwell Portland, uh, I think he's got a great defense as well. So this is going to be a slugfest. This is going to be, I don't see, you know, maybe that's uh, hard for me to look at that and say that, but, you know, Notre Dame Fairfield was able to do some things there, which worries me about this pick. But, you know, I think this is at Pearson Park, you know, in, in their own ballpark, Antonio on the road. You know, we already kind of established that this wasn't quite the Ansonia team we're used to. It was going to be a big project for Brockett. Um, you know, in that regard, I'm going to go with... The internet cut out when Tron was making his pick. He picked Cromwell Portland. I'll let him explain more why. I just think right now, they're, they're just not quite at that caliber yet. Great job for Ansonia getting here. Yeah, they lost to Naugatuck, but... Beating up on Seymour to get into this uh, semi, I think that, that was pretty good. But I think their best days are, are next year and beyond. I'm going to go with Cromwell Portland. One of those linebackers on Cromwell Portland is either going to make a tackle on McKnight when it really matters, or he's not. Yep, pretty much. That's right, what I believe. We're going to move on to Clash M. Uh, Branford hitting the road again, going very far away again. Uh, Branford travels up to Dayville to play the number one killingly football team. Like we said, Branford squeaked by and so uh, in Sonia. Branford squeaked by Avon 7-6. Killingly, despite Chad Neal not being thrilled with his team, won pretty comfortably 49-14. I know there were a lot of mistakes in that game that Coach uh, Neal wants to fix. But we got Branford from the SEC um, and killing it from the ECC. Branford when they beat Avon, you know, 20, I was it 25 days ago, uh, you know, Nathan Chifo took the kick return back. Well, when they played on Tuesday, Nathan Chifo had the only touchdown run. Um, and Avon didn't kick an extra point because their kicker was hurt, uh, was out, I think, with an illness. So they had to go for two. Branford stopped it, went up 6 nothing. Uh, Avon went up 6 nothing, and then Branford scored, took the lead 7-6, and held on for two more quarters. Uh, killingly, you know, score. I think they won by, what, 25, 35, if I could do math uh, in my head. Uh, pretty comfortably, Jack Sharp had four, three touchdowns in the win. Um, Jack Sharp running back on the 2019 team. He knows what it takes to get there. Um, Sean, you haven't picked first yet, so you can pick for this one. Also, Killingly has been to the playoffs, uh, semifinals. This is their sixth straight year, um, dating back to 2015, sixth straight season. Um, so Kelly knows how to get here, and uh, they know how to advance from here. Ran for the newcomer, you know, Jack Sharpley said a vet. You know, we tagged this team as a big favorite in Class F all season long. Killing actually went down, I believe, 6 nothing. Fred Camp scored. I think they fumbled the opening kickoff, and Fred Camp scored uh, for, uh, for uh, Gilbert or Northwest or whatever. He's from Northwest. Anyway, but uh, then Killian came back with a vengeance. So I think they scored the next 35 points. <laughs> you know, Jack Sharp, they stepped giving him the ball, and that was that. Uh, you know, Branford in a great spot here, but, you know, I'd love to pull out the, this is the SEC, you know, SEC doesn't, uh, you know, win, lose, use games, blah, blah, blah. Uh, yeah, okay, I'm going to say Killian big 
Uh, first of all, Brantford's got to go all the way up there, and then second of all, this this is this is team, and uh, Brantford worries me a little bit. But uh, I'm gonna I don't know I, I'm gonna go with Tilly. As uh, someone who lives out only a few miles from Killingly, I like to point out that Brantford to Killingly really isn't that far. It's a nice, clean highway, <laughs> and you get there easily. And it's my biggest, uh, it's my biggest complaint about people who don't live in Eastern Connecticut. Making somehow one mile in in Central Connecticut equals fourteen miles in Eastern Connecticut. Look, boys, it's not bad. Plus, you don't get caught in traffic. I would say that Brand Brandford to Killingly is roughly the same time as Brandford to West Haven at rush hour. Uh, so I'm going to go. This is now that I've now that now that I've given my. Uh, uh, my uh, traffic uh, report. I'm going to pick Killingly and Killingly K Town Big. I am going to complete the sweep. Go with Killingly as well. I just think this Killingly team is an outlier of ECC teams. I think they are very talented. Uh, they've been here. They've done that. Um, and at this point, you're not. You can't bet against Killingly this late in the season. Okay. Our second Class M game, we have uh, number six, Torrington, fresh off their first playoff win in program history, uh, traveling to Rockville to take on the Rams, who defeated Ellington for the second time in 11 days or whatever it was. Um, Maybe, no, like six days. Uh, You know, Rockville, I've said this before, but two years ago, they went to the quarters, lost. Two years ago, three years ago, they went to the quarters and lost. Two years ago, they went to the semis and lost. This year, they're back in the semis at home for the second time. Um, and they get Torrington this time. Matt Ryan threw for two touchdowns in Rockville's win, but big play, Amir Knight, and this freshman. I feel like every time Rockville wins a game, his name is littered in the box score. Again, freshman, 88-yard touchdown run. Um just just amazing um but you know torrington led by the guys that we have talked about all season tyler simnich sean Klingscales. uh obviously they have uh exodus roseda as well but he didn't play in the quarterfinals he was one of the players that was out i don't know if they're getting him back but the two you know the one two punch for torrington has carried them pretty far this year they run you know, God's offense, like our friend Ned Griffin likes to say. Um, this, to me, this screams Class M matchup. Like, this is a small school matchup um, between these teams. They have history, but it's been a long time since one of them has done something on the state level. Torrington made the finals in 1983. I was born seven years later. Um, and Rockville made the championships in 89 90 and 95 they won in 1990 the year i was born so you know that it's been that long but they're here with a chance to go back to the finals for them for the first time in a long time uh i'll go first on this one i'm taking rockville uh this was a hard one to pick for me i remember when gaytan rodriguez was hired uh to see what he's done with the program over the last eight years it's pretty amazing um very excited that torrington's in this spot i will be at this game but I think this is Rockville's turn. I think they've put in the work the last three se- three years, two seasons to get here. Uh, and I think Rockville's going to the championship. 
Before I make my pick, can, can I ask one question? I, I have not done this at all this season, and I, it's not clear in my mind. Rockville got skunked. Was it by Stafford? Stafford. Yeah, Sean what, was there. What, was there anybody missing from that game, or what, yes. what was the explanation? There were some guys that were missing. I wasn't familiar with Rockville, so I don't remember the freshman. Let's put it that way. He didn't play. Um, there were some guys that were missing that some linemen up front. I don't know. I, I don't remember, to be completely honest with you. But I know they were not uh, in a really good spot. They also had less daylight. I think they played, they had like a six-day week or five-day, you know, spot between games, and Stafford had two weeks. So, you know. It, it just, I looked at all the games, you know, the comparative games and a lot of stuff that Pete talked about, and I looked at it, and, I, and that one score just, just jumps out at me as this, you know, anomaly from from both teams. And that, that's why I asked. It's an anomaly, I think. Yeah, I'm I'm going to go with Rockville, but again, like I said, count on me to go two and six this week or three and five. I'm going to go with Rockville. Uh, although after writing about uh, Torrington, I have a very soft spot for him. And I I, I I I used there was no exodus from the playoffs in the last game. That was a little. I'm, pun I'm, go- I'm going with Torrington here, Seminole. Clinkstales. I'm going with the uh, the Raiders to get the first championship game since uh, ever. Right? Were they playing the final? Uh, they played in the final in '83. Right, right. That's right. They played. The, but I think they're going. I think they're going. It's gonna be Torrington oh. versus Kinley, which is a good matchup, I think. But uh, I'm going uh, uh, with Rodriguez and the guys. I think, uh, as Jeff's column pointed pointed out from a couple of years ago, I think uh, you know his uh, his decisions there. They're gonna be rewarded for the team for this team uh, going forward. All right, we're going to move up to Clash. L. He's more confident than we are, Pete. We could he have is. two losses already, three losses already. <laughs> he's showing us very confident. I right have now. I haven't been confident picking pick, picking games ever. Um, okay, never. Um, Class L, we got number five Windsor at number two St. Joseph's game will be played at Dolling Stadium in Trumbull. This game is at eleven thirty, not twelve thirty. Every other game's at twelve thirty. They got it moved up an hour so they could play at their home field because. They don't have lights at Dalling Field. Uh, this is a rematch. We saw these teams play 45-22 when they played, I think it was week three on September 24th. Um, though the 22 points that Windsor scored against St. Joe's were the second most they've allowed this year. Uh, they've allowed the most points uh, in their loss to Darien. St. Joe's is coming off a really tight game from the quarterfinals, like we talked about, one-point win overtime overhand. Windsor... 164 nothing against Genie Tech and had a whole second half to rest their players. Um, St. Joe's, like Sean pointed out, 10 straight playoff wins. That's an un, that's an insane record considering there are three rounds of playoffs now. And that to me screams like like the Islanders in the late 70s, early 80s at Fort Never lose 29 straight playoff wins, winning 10 straight playoff games in high school football and there are three games a year and winning the championship is so impressive that um, I just, I like when I saw that number, I was like, holy crap, that's a lot. Um, but Jeff, I'll let you pick this game first. Uh, Windsor will get there. We'll get some points, but, uh, and like you said, uh, they are, uh, they were able to arrest some people when St. Joe's was pushed to the limit the other night. Uh, but I like St. Joe's too much. Just, just, there, you know, one thing about St. Joe's in a class L, a lot of people, probably including me, think they should be double L, you know, in a super division. But 
they've played people this year. They had that killer three-week stretch where they laid it out against the best classic double L teams in the in the FCAC, uh, and uh, they played this hand team. Uh, St. Joe's is battle tested, so they're honed the victory. I would love to pick Windsor here. I really would too. I'm, I'm, I'm but I'm with Jeff. Uh, I St. Joseph looked their offense especially looked lost, lost <laughs> against hand. Like that team that you're talking about that scores big points against with like the Windsor and so on and so forth. They, uh, you know, uh, that's not the team I saw uh, in the quarterfinals. I, uh, the defense maybe, the defense played pretty well, but they were on back on the heels by hand too. Um, and they were trailing and they needed to spark and it turned out to be a, uh, a fourth down, you know, fake punt throw. You know, that got them back and they made a survive. Now, thankfully, special teams blocked a couple of kicks. They're going to need some points against Windsor too, Sean. They They're going to need points against Windsor. I think, though, I think it's one of those mirages where you got a good hand team also through the ringer, two proud programs, state championship caliber. I think that has a lot more to do with it. Now, if I'm St. Joe, again, offensively, I, you got, we got some things to figure out here because if we can't score, if, if Windsor, you know, now they got a second chance, Fleet's a really good coach. They got Cromartie there. All those kids are going to be anxious to pull this one off to show that that first game, Maxwell Warren killed them the last time. They are going to know exactly where Maxwell Warren is at all times. They're going to look at that hand film, see what they did. And, can, and believe me, Windsor has the athletes to kind of get that together. So, uh, I expect a tough battle, uh, but I do expect St. Joseph on their own field to win this game solely based on what you just said, Jake. Uh, they're just battle-tested. Windsor, not nearly as much. Um, no. I think it, I think in this case, I know Mike DeMore made a thing about it. Well, they get to rest, blah, blah, blah. I think it actually playing Channing Tech hurts Windsor in the spot. I think now they don't have that game. They kind of, you know, they don't, they're not in a playoff mode. St. Joseph's is in a playoff mode. They know exactly what's expected and how hard they have to play. Windsor, you might, they may be able to talk about it, but uh, they have not been in playoff mode for a while now. And it might be could take a little time to get them amped up. And by that time, St. Joseph might be up two touchdowns. Could you imagine that, Sean, uh, after all we talked about the tech schools, that in the end, they, they hurt a team by not being competitive enough. So they were I think it hurts either way. Yeah. Either way it hurts. <laughs> Because you're going to get St. Joe. St. Joe is going to right from the start. It's going to, they're going to, going to have to be on top. You of the need game. to be in a playoff mode to, to win a state championship. And if you don't bring it, and if you're laying back, or if you think, ah, you know, I think Cheney Tech, it's like, it's like swinging, a, uh, swinging an extra bat in the on deck circle. I use that analogy all the time. You know, St. Joseph gets to drop the bat and they go and they go face Winter. Yeah. <laughs> Jeez. So I'm taking St. Joseph. You know, I think one of the biggest, um, one of the one of the things that we didn't really make that big of a deal about at the beginning of the year with the realignment in the CCC was that Windsor was playing in Division Two or Tier Two, whatever you want to call it. I think that was a huge mistake. Um, Maloney got the final spot, and well, look how that turned out. And we'll talk about them in a little bit. But I think Windsor should have been in that top division. They would have been more battle tested. They played one playoff team on their schedule this year, and one team that was—I don't want to say. You know, they played one team that made the playoffs, and they only played one team that had a legitimate shot at making the playoffs. Okay, they are not bad. Players. They are 
going to, I think, get a rude awakening. Like you said, Sean, by the time they get up there, it might be 14-0. It might be 21-0. Having to play a dawling, I think, hurts them. Uh, If this game was at Bunnell or Kennedy again, maybe it's a little different. But I think St. Joe's is going back to the finals, trying to win their fifth straight title uh, with ease. All right, we're going to go to our other L semifinal. I think this one is a little bit more... um, Fourth straight title. uh, Fourth straight title, sorry. Um, I think this second L semifinal is a little bit... I think this one's going to be a really good one. We got number seven, Masik, coming in after a a come-from-behind win over Naugatuck. Another come-from-behind win for the Panthers. Uh, And they're playing Maloney, who made easy work of uh, Bristol Central 49-14 in the quarterfinals. I do want to point this out. Maloney is five and six in playoff history. All five of those wins have come against CCC opponents. They've never beaten a non-CCC opponent in the playoffs. Wow. Um, They're here. They just beat Bristol Central, another CCC opponent to get here. Anyway, they're here. They're at home. They're playing Mastic. You know, this one I think could be really good because you got the Sakus. Uh, the Sakus on Mastic side, who formed an unreal duo on offense. Joe Morelli just read, just wrote about him, so give that one a read. And then you look at Maloney. Maloney's defense has 19 interceptions. Okay, Mastic turns the ball over through the air. You know, Dylan Jackson threw four interceptions in the Newtown game on Thanksgiving Eve. If Maloney can cause turnovers, which they've done all season. I think Mastic's going to be in for a long afternoon at Falcon Field. You think Maloney then? Um, Yeah, I mean, I'll go first. I'm picking one. I think Maloney's defense is awesome. They fly. They have playmakers. Ty Lee Flowers is so good in the secondary, and he's just one of the guys that they have back there. Uh, Ian Graham as well. I think they're going to force turnovers, and I think they're going to make Mastic pay. I'm going with the Spartans to go back to the finals for the first time since 2018. Who's up? I'll go up. Uh, I'm just going to pick Maloney here. Um, you know, this is one of the things, one of the things Massive is battle-tested. Maloney, not quite as battle-tested as Massive, uh, especially in the, in the CCC there. We saw what happened to Hall uh, in the first round. Games. We didn't talk about that game. Shelton just completely beating Hall up. I think we all expected that to happen. But uh, anyway, but I think Massic, you know, they they showed up against Nog. I was a little... Uh, you know, I thought Massic would beat up Nogatuck a little more than they did. So I don't know just I don't know if Massey has the horses to beat Maloney I think Maloney's defense is just tremendous Reddick and all those guys um, and then you have uh, Arce and the uh, and the receivers and the running back there I think they have I think they're a complete package I think they win their first playoff game against a non-specific opponent I think Massey shows up though yeah. I think it's going to be close but I think I think Maloney pulls this one out maybe by about 10 points or so they get to the final yeah, yeah I'm going to go Maloney too it, it, it. I'm going to point, I'm going to say something here, and I, I don't know if it's worth something or not, but in the early going, the two most confident teams I spoke to in the early, you know, back in the warm weather were Maloney and Cromwell Portland. Okay. I'm just, and I didn't pick Cromwell Portland. Do you want to I'm change saying, your pick? I, 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 boy. Yes. 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 First time. Yeah, for the first time, I allowed to change my pick. What? Pick We're with... still recording. He wants to change his pick to Cromwell Portland. Oh, all right, all right. It's all right. official. You can't, you can't, you can't flip up I, again, though. I, I'm glad. I will not change back again. I'm taking Maloney, and the reason is 
is when I hear such confidence, you've either completely BS'd me or it's legitimate. And I'm going to try and go until I'm full, uh, uh, you know, I was shaking so bad because like two days after Maloney pitched that to me, they lost to Southington. But they regained their they regained their composure and they've won nine in a row. Ten in a row, right? Yeah. They're a much better so, team now yeah. than they were week and, one. And so I'm going I'm going confidence. So, ladies and gentlemen, I apologize. Cromwell, <laughs> Portland, and Maloney. <laughs> All right. We're gonna move up to double L. Um, two rematches. Uh, we spoke at length on the show about both of these games when they were being played. Uh, you have number five, Shelton, at number one, Fairfield Prep. Spoke about Prep, beat Greenwich. Uh, 21-14, Shelton took care of Paul. Uh, great defensive play. We talked about the Shelton running game. Uh, Shelton, I think, caused three turnovers, or I think they had two picks late in the first half. Uh, to kind of put the game away against Hall early. But these two teams played. It was 54-0 Fairfield Prep. Um, an absurd number that week, Jeff, you wrote, Fairfield Prep, no uh, Shelton, no mercy, no mercy. And they go out and they lose to Fairfield Prep 54-0. Obviously, Shelton wants another crack at Fairfield Prep. I think they're pumped up about this. But, Jeff, we're going to let you pick first. Does No yeah, Mercy the, Shelton uh, roll, or does Fairfield Prep head to the finals? They'll, it will not be 54 points this time. I, 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 I'm going to make that one guarantee. I don't, I don't even think it's going to be 34 nothing this time. Uh, Fairfield Prep, you know, Fairfield Prep is like the team. They just keep on. They're deep and they're good, and they keep on rolling along. It's sort of like, it's sort of like when Greenwich is really really good i kind of like think of them as like that kind of steamroller type of thing so Fairfield prep is uh is the the steamroller and unfortunately there will be no mercy for the no no mercy gang but it will not be 54 nothing guaranteed no mercy for them last time yeah. they did not show well i mean they showed a little mercy. Uh, but it was <laughs> when they were like 40. i i agree with you jeff it's not going to be 40 you know it's not going to be 50 this time uh, still at Fairfield Prep you know uh, Shelton it's all about matchups you know sometimes teams are just matched up better than other teams I think that's a, that's a fair thing I think Greenwich just has a, a good matchup against Fairfield Prep you know they have the passing game they have the running and they have the guys up front I think their just matchups are a little bit better I think that's why Greenwich has been able to number one beat Prep the first time and then number two you know have them on the ropes early uh, this time I think uh, Fairfield Prep number one Shelton uh, they know their rivals. They they go back a long way. Um, you know, Shelton, like you said, you know, no hell hath no fury like a Valley team scoring. And Shelton certainly doesn't like being, uh, you know, disrespected, so to speak. You know, seeing Fairfield Prep on the sidelines uh, cheering for him, you know, for example, two years ago on the, at the surf club. You know, that didn't go very well with Shelton. They came back and just blew Fairfield Prep's doors off. Now Fairfield Prep was on the other side of it. We got to get these guys back, and they did. 54 to zip. I think it's going to be a real slugfest. You know, I guess Shelton, usually really good. I think the big weakness, though, for Shelton is that I just don't, if they need to make some throws, it's really tough. If they need to get back into a game, it's really hard to do. Their, their passing game is not the greatest. It's gotten better over the, over the season, but they haven't had a really good passing attack for a few years now. I mean, there's been, used to be the cup runoff over with uh, Shelton quarterbacks over the years, you know. 
Uh, we've had some guys like Piccarello, and then there were, you know, just David Wells. Guys. Yeah, Wells, their first team was a first teamer for us. You know, the, the Shelton, this Shelton's team has been built on running the ball and running it well. And Fairfield, that plays right into Fairfield Prep's hands. Uh, that is really when they tried to throw last time, it, it was, you know, it was it didn't it didn't go well for him. Lots of turnovers. Timing Smith had a big game. But, uh, you know, I'm going to go with Fairfield Prep here. I think Shelton uh, will will show up. It'll be a real tough game. But uh, I, you know, just I, I just feel like Prep's just destined to get there this year with this crew. I feel like they've been uh, kind of, you know, I, I think ever since that uh, that loss, I think they're on another level. I'm going to go with the Jets. I'm going to go with Prep for all the reasons that you both said. I just think this is a bad matchup for Shelton. All right. Yep. We're going to move on to the second and final double L game, the final game of the semifinals that we are going to pick. And it is number three, Darian, at number two, New Canaan. Talked about this game a couple of weeks ago. New Canaan pulled the upset off on Thanksgiving, 12 to 7. Uh, but I have a couple of notes that I want to bring up because I just, you know, Dave Stewart, who's been covering New Canaan and Darian for a very long time, um, does these by the numbers things every week. And he does one for the Turkey Bowl. And he just has some great information in those. So this is the fifth time that Darian and New Canaan are meeting twice in a season. Right, this is the fifth time that they've played on uh, their their yearly game on Thanksgiving, and then have met in the playoffs. The four other times in the playoffs, um, mm-hmm. the four other times in the playoffs, only one team has won twice. Yeah, that was New Canaan in two thousand and eight. They won the Turkey Bowl and they won the Class Double M Championship. The other times, whoever won on Thanksgiving lost in the playoffs. Okay, now New Canaan won the Turkey Bowl. Okay. New Canaan beat uh, Southington. They were down 14 nothing. scored 38 points in a row, unanswered, to win that game 38-14. And Darianne handily took care of Hamden. Also, shout out to Dave Stewart. He's been to the last 29 New Canaan Darianne football games. So this Good. will be number 30 for him. So congratulations to Happy Dave. Anniversary. I think that's very cool. Um, but... Sean, you go first. Who do you got? Can some can New Canaan complete the sweep this year? No, no. I think Darian's still the best team in state. I've won number one. I don't think I think that was, as you mentioned, an anomaly. Just two bitter rivals. It's the best rivalry in this in the sport in the state. Bar none right now. New Canaan Darian, it is the best rivalry out there. I mean, the one team beating the other does not shock me at all. Ever. New Canaan, now I don't know. I, I should have picked that on Thanksgiving. Because, you know, it's just the team you think is going to win uh, is the one that always loses in, in this game, usually. Uh, you know, like you said, since 2008, that's ridiculous. Uh, so they're back and forth. They're just, you know, you got to, you literally got to throw the record. But I still think Darian is the best in the state. I still think they have the best defense in the state. I still think uh, their offense is one of the best. Uh, they just kind of ran into a new cannon team that was determined to beat them that day. And, uh, Cannon, I guess, does not have Russo uh, at, at linebacker anymore, which will hurt them because he was the guy who d- drove that uh, drove that defense, and that is what Luke Cannon's legs had on. I mean, they only beat him by what? It was only a score. It was a defensive struggle. I think Darian's defense showed up. I think Darian's offense this time with Kamiski and Minikis, Drake, those guys. I think they're gonna you know they're gonna be ready this time. They they got they got flat footed. 
and uh, you know they're not no strangers to playing at Dunning Field. It's played there, so I'm gonna take that factor out of it. I think Darien wins. I think they win. I don't know about convincingly, but they will certainly win this game. I'm going with Blue Wave. All right. First of all, whoever voted for Fairfield Prep number one last week, there was one person. I don't know who it was, but I want to congratulate that person personally if Fairfield Prep goes on to win because they might be number one. I'm telling you, in my mind, it is so close among these four teams that I voted for New Canaan number one and I hemmed and hawed forever with Darien or them uh, after that game. Because part of me, believe, no, a lot of me believes that just because there's an individual loss doesn't mean that that team is still not the best as Sean voted on. Uh, so I, I, I recognize that fully. So I gave it New Canaan by a tad. Now, the two biggest factors you guys hit on, the payback, which is always strong, and the Russo injury, he was the player of the game yep. in that in that uh, New Canaan victory. So you can't say uh, that it looks like he's out. I don't I don't know the you know we haven't we don't, I don't have an injury report, but it looks like he's gone. Uh, so that loss and the payback, those are strong factors when you're talking about teams that are just something that goes just either way. So I'm gonna have to go with Darianne. <clears throat> I was on their band, I, like, I, I, uh, the injury report I will give you though is my pulled hammy and my injured herniated disc from falling off the Darianne bandwagon on Thanksgiving has healed. So I'm ready to go to cover that game. That's my injury. <laughs> I uh, I'm a big fan of of the numbers that I used before, and you know you play a team twice back to back or whatever it was. Like there's more on the line, this and this, blah blah blah. I have thought all year that Darian is the best team. I voted them number one after their loss on Thanksgiving. Um, I've seen New Canaan. Uh, their offense doesn't really jump out uh, to me. Uh, Vin, Vin, Vin Cognetta is a good football player. Uh, don't want to take anything away from them, but when you look at Darianne and you got Dominicus and you got Kaminsky, Kaminsky and Miles Drake at quarterback, like you can hold him down, but you can't hold him down for that long. Do it once, very impressive. Shout out to Chris Silvestri and the New Canaan defense for doing that, but doing it twice is a very tall task, and I don't think they could pull it off. I'm going with dairy and again that completes our semi-final picks for game time ct uh and the meat grinder this was a crossover episode it was like when the ninja turtles and the power rangers got together i love that episode as a kid and um so you know for for pete sean patrick Bowley, and jeff jacobs we will see you guys out on the field on sunday and we will be back early next week to talk finals 